a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Is that Jesus can return at any time. He's not waiting for a Japanese nuclear power plant to melt down. No. He, he, the thing that's holding him back is his patience and love for lost humanity and nothing else. Uh, there, 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 there are no events that need to occur before Jesus comes back. And so seeing all the things that happen around us and saying, hey, hey, that means Jesus is coming. The answer is no, no. That's wrong. That's the wrong way of looking at it. Jesus can come at any moment. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And Luther says the only way that uh, the pronoun me and God could be in the same sentence is by this verb, have mercy. I've got. I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, they, uh, they, they feel like wine. Bull rider. Yeah, and uh, what else am I... Uh, can't remember. I can't remember them I'm all either. Up. They're just too <laughs> numerous. <laughs> hey, welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. What is going on with you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, it, I guess I'm just still trying to learn about how to be a pastor because, um, well, you know, I, I, you know, Faith Lutheran Church is, a, is an older congregation, mostly mostly retirement age, and and a lot of people have approached me to say that, hey, we we want to bring in youth. We want to you know bring up a lot of young people in the church and yeah. And so I was taking your advice, you know, where you said uh, that we should preach whatever people want to hear so that they'll like us. Yeah, yeah. And so How's that going for you? Well, on, in the pulpit on Sunday, I said we we're, we're going to start to euthanize this whole place, and everybody got just really <laughs> upset. And I was just doing what they wanted to hear. I just don't understand why you're so bad. <laughs> We need more, more euthanization in here. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, uh, how you doing? How are things over there? Yeah, fine, yeah. Good, good. No one's euthanized here. <laughs> All right, well. Yeah, say, what's this, I've been reading Joel Osteen, though. Uh, let me see what, if you want, I got better advice than preach what people want to hear. I'll, I'll pull it out. I'll give it to you a little as we go along. Little nuggets of wisdom from our friend Joel. <laughs> see, I was wondering... Uh, because you said you've been posting all the stuff on your Facebook page. Do you have any uh, friends on your Facebook page from, like, I don't know, high school or, or college? Um, and, and they're getting these and like, wow, he really lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on a complete diatribe against pastors as leaders. Uh, and so I, we have a new rule now on uh, Table Talk Radio, which is anytime uh, someone uses the word leader in the church, we just substitute the, the, the German Führer. So, you know. We, we need more Christian leadership. We need more Christian Führers. That's how you should hear it. It's okay. ridiculous. We'll and pastors with visions. So I'm I'm all I'm I'm on a diatribe against it, and people are telling me, put down Osteen. <laughs> Probably good now, advice. Now I have some advice for you here, by the way. Okay. God will release favor and promotion in your life only when He knows your character can handle it. If you get upset every time someone wrongs you and you try to vindicate yourself, you will not reach the place where God wants you to be. Just saying. That probably explains why I haven't uh, received any. Um, what was it again? Promotion or whatever. Promotion yeah. and increase. Those are the two two words, the key words you got to know. Promotion and increase. Promotion. I, by the way, am to quote Joel, too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
in uh, this edition of Table Talk Radio, we're going to go through some buzzwords, and uh, we're going to see if Lumpy is uh, still on the job, on the hunt of yeah. of answering yeah, our questions. Right. I heard Methodists him have kicking around here. Yeah, I can smell him. You know what I mean? Smell him. Yeah, he's been burning his incense all morning here in my office. <laughs> and then uh, we're going to play a brand new game called Name That Use of the Law. Uh, We've so got you won't two new games that. today. I know Th- this is almost too much. And then, uh, yeah, the other new game is uh, which petition or name that petition of the Lord's Prayer. So, hey, um, all right. So that's the that's a table talk radio lineup. And uh, let's see, let's do some buzzwords too. I got my theological buzzword today from uh, the uh, website wikichristian.org. <laughs> what is this? An alternate? <laughs> Yes. The Theopedia? Yes, yes. I couldn't find Is the random like, article or... link on, on uh, Theopedia, so I went to wikichristian.org, the free encyclopedia. Um, this one uh, has a, leaves a little bit to be desired. I, I mean, props to the Calvinists for at least doing a, a website, right? Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I guess when, when they spend all their time on the blogs, <laughs> they at least know how to do a website. That's right. So I don't know who did this one, but uh, I'll, I'll give you the buzz, buzzword, and we'll see if we need to... Uh, to change it up a little bit, or we'll see what the defi- what you think of the definition. And that is, uh, the the buzz phrase is church service. And it says, a church service isn't an event where people gather to worship God together. Most churches have at least one church service a week, usually on Sunday. Larger churches may have two or three or more services each Sunday, some aimed at specific target groups, such as young adults. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> the euthanizing group. We got a, we got the older adult service and then the euthanized service. <laughs> what is that a definition is that? Uh, so what do you it's think like, of that? It's like some guy and he's and he you know some guy in high school and he's supposed to be doing his homework and and uh, and he's like, I don't want to do homework. I'm going to build a website. What are you doing up there, son? And he oh just building a Christian wiki. <laughs> All right, I I just hit uh, random random page again, and yeah. I got governmental theory. The governmental theory of atonement teaches that Christ suffered for all mankind, so that God would forgive humans while still maintaining divine justice. I never even have heard of that one. Now that's a little bit more intriguing, at least, huh? Uh, Arminianism has traditionally taught this doctrine, which is also known as moral government theology. The doctrine draws primarily from the works of Jacob Arminius. And Hugo uh, Grotius, Grotius, uh, the Calvinists are going to hammer me on that one for mispronouncing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the view has uh, prospered in is. traditional Methodism. Hey, lumpy! <laughs> and those who follow the teachings of John Wesley. Maybe, maybe we better stick lumpy on this whole thing. Governmental theory. Anyway, let's uh, let's tell you. Put it in the queue. Let's take the first one and we'll we'll alter the the buzz phrase to be divine service. How's that sound? Uh, Now, when we understand the divine service, we understand that um, we call the divine service because God is serving us with his gifts so that that people come uh, gather at church. Or I like the language uh, that I sometimes say that that the church is the place that God gathers his people to to distribute his gifts uh, so that uh, God uh, brings his sheep in to feed them, um, feed them with uh, his own body and blood and and his word. Um, And and in this uh, receiving, they receive the true, real forgiveness of sins um, by by Christ's death and resurrection. Uh, and that is why we go to church. That is why God serves us. Uh, we don't go to church primarily to, to worship him. Um, 
uh, because at the end of the day, if, if that was all we were doing uh, and we had no reason to worship him, then then uh, Christianity primarily becomes an act that we do rather than what God does for us. Divine service. Got it. All right. I'm gonna. I, I by the way have have resolved to try extra hard to get the buzzword in today. So, just so you know, I'll oh. be trying. Now, uh, nice. my buzzword for you is canon, which apparently comes from the word read. Did you know this? No, I always uh, thought it was a rule. measuring. St- so canon then becomes a um, a rule or a norm, a measurement. And what we normally talk about when we say canon is the canon of the scriptures. In other words, basically the list of books that are in. But this time we're now, talking about the canons that pirates have. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I guess you could use uh, – now, this is embarrassing. Are those spelled the same? <laughs> I, Should I no, I don't that? think so. I'm a terrible speller. One of them has two ends and one has – Right. I think the canon that pirates have, have has two ends. And the other canon has only one? We better check that. I'm validating that. Could we get a could we get a, a name generator to tell me uh, whether uh, get a name generator so I can have a, a name for my crack research team? Anyway, yes, yes. that is true. Canon with that is the weapon has has two ends. And canon and the normal canon of scripture just has one. Uh, correct. Got it. Um, okay. Uh, so, uh, the, the biblical canon is what we normally talk about. It means the books that are in. Now, this is a big debate in the Reformation. What books are in, what books are out? Uh, and the Catholic Church still claims today that it, uh, the Church decided what books are in or out. So who has the authority? Well, the Church does over the Scriptures. We know better. It's actually the canon of the Scriptures, the apostolic and prophetic writings that build and create the Church. Um, so... So it's a chicken or egg question with the scriptures uh, between us and the and our friends the Catholics, um, which is nice. It's a nice little debate. Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, the answer there can be found within the author of the, of those of those books, right? Uh, so that's that, right. That the um, uh, the gospels, for example, uh, are are or receive their authority not because the church has said that they're books of the Bible, but because they're written by the apostles who have been authorized by Christ. And the prophets, right? Who stood in the council of God, Jeremiah twenty-three. That's a nice text. We should talk about it sometime. Okay. All right. We better get on to Lumpy. Let me see if he's got his pipe around here. Hold on. Yeah, you better hurry. Um, in fact, got tell it. you what. Why don't we just push off Lumpy to the, after this break? Because we got a break coming up. That way, you what? Can, you can get the uh, the pipe going. You can be ready. Uh, in fact, why don't you just leave? We'll just we'll just have Lumpy uh, for the next segment. <laughs> You just go ahead okay. and take off. We're trying uh, good. All right. We, we want to get bottom, your uh, theological questions from you. Send us an email at questions at tabletalkradio.org. We regularly uh, answer those on the air, and we try to get to as many as we can. So if you have a question for us, send it to questions at tabletalkradio.org, or you can call our voicemail system, 1-800-385-7652, one 385 sola You having a good time over there, Pastor? Who? Who? Oh, Pastor's gone. Lumpy's oh, here. Lumpy, Lumpy sings the Pink Panther song. Oh yeah. All right, oh, we'll be right back. Song. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Noah 
offense, but you should listen to Table Talk Radio. Seriously, no offense. Recognize this? Yeah, yeah, it's Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Great song, great song. Yeah, but there's a few more. Listen. My life is brilliant, my love is pure. I saw an angel of this, I'm sure. Wherever you go, whatever you do, I will be right here waiting for you. No one, no one, no one can get in the way of what I'm feeling. Since the way you left me, I'm not pretending. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, Lumpy, you there? Oh, you don't know that song? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here, Lumpy's here. Good, good, good. By the way. Uh, yeah, uh, Lumpy, by the way, that's me, got to the end of John Wesley's Sermon on the Means of Grace, me. so I have uh, something new to report. <laughs> Evan, by the way, that's me, is talking to you, Lumpy. <laughs> I didn't want it. Someone said that uh, that my voice is suspiciously familiar, uh, uh, close to Pastor Wolfmuller's voice, and I didn't want us two to be confused. Yeah, no, I think it's so you should clear. be able to hear the puffing in the background. Can you hear the, the puffing? Yeah, <laughs> sure. right, yeah. The Sherlock Holmes pipe is out. <laughs> All right, Lumpy, so what do you have with, with uh, for us today? All right, I'll just read a little Wesley here. This is, by the way, uh, so Wesley's talking about the means of grace. And so we got to figure this thing out because, I'm uh, sure you say, hey, dear Methodist Church, do you have the means of grace? And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, we got the means of grace. Look, Wesley, Wesley preached a sermon about the means of grace. And he, and he says, hey, there's three means of grace. Ready what they are? Number, remember from last week? Number one, prayer. Number two, the scriptures. And number three, the Lord's Supper. So what we're really asking now is not do the Methodists have the means of grace, but do the Methodists have the sacrament, the Lord's Supper? Because they have a theology of the means of grace, but it's different. Now, what do they have in the Supper? And what we're really trying to track down is what they think about the Lord's body and blood in the Supper. Now, we're getting awfully close, but here, here's, a little, here's a little more Wesley. Thirdly, all who desire an increase of grace of God are to wait for it in partaking of the Lord's Supper. This, uh, for this also is a direction himself, uh, he himself has given. The same night when he was betrayed, he took bread, broke it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. That is, the sacred sign of my body. <laughs> ah. Do this and remember of some bee. He said, he took the cup. This is the cup of the New Testament, or covenant, my blood. A sacred sign of that covenant. Do this in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show forth the Lord's death till he comes. Now, did you get uh, Luther's, what, uh, I mean, uh, Wesley, what Luther would call a gloss? <laughs> Remember? Uh, How, uh, it, you know, the, the glosses were the old study Bibles of the Middle Ages. They'd have Bibles, and then it'd tell you what it meant in the side. That's the gloss. And Luther hated the glosses. Get rid of the glosses, the cursed glosses. Well, here, Wesley gives us a gloss. Uh, this is my body, that is, the sacred sign of my body. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I didn't think that Je if Jesus wanted to say that, he probably would have said it. You know, take eat. This is the sacred side of my body. He just forgot. Good thing Wesley helps us out. <laughs> now, um, uh, he continues. Wesley says, only let a man first examine himself, whether he understands the nature and design of this holy institution and whether he really desire to be himself made comfortable. Uh, wait made conformable to the death of Christ. And so nothing doubted, let him eat the bread and drink the cup. Here then is the direction first given by our Lord, expressly repeated by the apostles. Let him eat, let him drink, both in the imperative mood. You know imperative mood? Mm -hmm. I wonder if, uh, if Joel Osteen says something about 
Improving your imperative mood. (laughs) (laughs) Imperative mood, by the way, means command. Uh, Not implying bare permission, but clear, explicit command. A command to do these, uh, those who are already filled with peace and joy in believing, who can truly say, the remembrance of our sin is grievous to us. The burden of them is intolerable. And this is an ordinary stated means of receiving the grace of God. As is evident from the words of the Apostle, which occur in the preceding chapter, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? 1 Corinthians 10. Is not the eating of this bread and the drinking of that cup the outward, visible means whereby God conveys into our souls all that spiritual grace, that righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, which were purchased by the body of Christ once broken and the blood of Christ once shed for us. Let all, therefore, who truly desire the grace of God eat the bread and drink of that cup. All right. Got it? Yeah. Now, what's the point here? Okay. First, is the body of Christ the body of Christ? No. Is the, the communion that we have that Wesley teaches is clearly, from John Calvin, a spiritual communion. If the unbeliever eats in the Lord's Supper, do they get the body and blood of Christ? Answer for John Wesley, no. No. Yeah, uh, that's a denial of the manducatio indignorum, which is my buzzword, isn't it? That's my buzzword. Like two weeks oh, ago. divine service. So if the... Uh, I should get extra... Uh, did you have any points over from that show? Did yeah. you spin them already? I spin them already. So, uh, so it's not, it's not the true body and blood of Christ. Now, how do you get benefit from it? It's because it's a sign. It, it God then pours into our souls the spiritual benefit, uh, so that there's a distinction between communing and receiving the spiritual benefit. Not a separation, but a distinction. And you do the outward act, but in the outward act, then the the grace of God is somehow poured into your soul. Mm. Um, which is awfully similar to the Catholic teaching, infused grace, etc., which is what Wesley wants, because Wesley is after a perfection, uh, a complete sanctification in this life. So how do you get it? Well, the Holy Spirit has to pour his power into you, and that's what the means of grace are for. Hmm. So I'm starting, I mean, I lumpy, I'm starting to uh, get the sense that when, while the Methodist Church can talk about the means of grace, that they are talking about something entirely different than the Lutherans and than the Bible. You know what I'd but like to stick I'm you on, Lumpy? Yeah, what's that? Uh, you mentioned that Wesley articulated that the word is a means of grace, and I would like to know in what regard Wesley regards the uh the word is the means of grace, whether it be uh, that the word is efficacious, like like Lutherans believe. <clears throat> so you can bring that to us next time. All right, remind me. Okay. All right, maybe I'll tell Pastor. Send, yeah, send, send a note. Send a note when you send me the check. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> All right, uh, you might want to let Pastor Wolfmuller back in. Okay, I'll go try to find Good to see you, Lumpy. See you next time. Oh, yeah. Great to be here, dear listener. What about me? All right. uh, (laughs) Oh, and you too. Hey, it's Pastor Wolfmuller. I'm back with you. How was Lumpy? Uh, Good. He was was too busy smoking his pipe to bring bring anything useful, but... uh, (laughs) It smells in here. It's kind of like... It smells great. (laughs) 
<laughs> smells like theological research. <laughs> Let my prayer be set before thee as incense. <laughs> Just saying. All right, now let's play uh, Name That Use. Uh, now, th- how this oh. works is uh, Luther actually... Well, we have the... Uh, in, in the book of Concord, we do have the, the book of Concord use. whole business. No function. Third, yeah, the third function of the law. It, third so, function. Sure. Uh, our Lutheran uh, doctrine, uh, coming from the book of Concord, talks about three functions of the law, three general things that the law does, uh, and they are one. And this is the way we go easy on it. We have the curb, and then two, the mirror, and three, the guide. Curb, mirror, guide. Easy way to remember. Doop, doop, doop. Curb, mirror, guide. Now it's a big fight about the third use, which is ridiculous by the way, if you want to talk about that. But the first use is this. For all people, the law keeps society in order. It, 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 it keeps this, uh, in fact, keeps the whole cosmos, but especially human society in some sort of orderly way so that we can eat our bread in peace uh, and rejoice in our families, etc. The second use, which is the chief use, but still the second. Did you ever wonder about that? Why they didn't say, hey, it's the, the chief use should be the first use. Well, I, um, maybe they figured that the the uh, since since natural law kind of applies into the first use, they had to be first. You know, get get right. get the natural first, and we'll get more specific from there. Yep. So that's true. So the second use is the chief use, and that is the mirror. That is that it, the law shows us our sin. It's a it's a diagnostic. It is this, by the way, is um the most important use. So it says not only, hey, that thing that you just did is a sin, but it says you, by the way, are a sinner. You're guilty and you deserve God's wrath. The the, the second use of the law brings us to despair in our own goodness and our own works. It's The second use is what Jesus said when he said he'd send the Holy Spirit uh, who would um, who would bring judgment. He would, he would teach us our sin, uh, our unbelief, our despising of God. Our lack, our, we, that we do not trust that he hears and answers our prayers, that we do not fear, love, and trust in God above all things, that we're rebellious, that we're uh, a murderous, adulterous, lying, thieving, um, uh, uh, blaspheming, miserable, poor sinners. That's that, the second use of the That's law. a little bit different view of the sinning of the Spirit that you commonly hear. It is? Uh, yeah, I, I think most people, when most people talk about, oh, in the, in the New Testament we have the Holy Spirit... Uh, they usually think of warm fuzzies, um, and they think of uh, you know God speaking to their hearts or something like that. Uh, you don't you don't hear um, uh, people articulate the the sending of the Holy Spirit in that fashion very much. Yeah, this is so. Jesus says, "I will send the Spirit who will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment." So that's the second use is convicting the world of sin. Hey, how come that lady's singing? Uh, because it's time for us to go to another commercial break. <laughs> what in the world? We haven't even started playing this. Oh, man. I know. We're supposed to be playing Witch Petition next next segment. Don't worry. Don't worry. We can... Uh, uh, we can... Uh, Change it on the fly? Was yeah. Lump, did Lumpy take too long? Did yes, he not he did. get to the point? That's right. Well, we'll be right back with him back to, to finish this up. I'm going to teach my kids this song. If you're not easily embarrassed, tell your friends about Table Talk Radio. 
That's why I asked you if this next game was about your uh, listening prayer. <laughs> Praise song. Uh, 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 what is that? What do we say? Christian or secular? Yeah, right. We should play with that bump. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Look, we're supposed to be talking about prayer now, but we haven't even introduced the game, which use of the law. That's right. I don't well, think we're going to even get to our second game. Oh, we'll get to it. Don't worry. But uh, you have so far have explained to us the curb, <clears> the <throat> mirror, and now what is uh, the guide? I have uh, in my hand here the uh, formula of Concord Solid Declaration, Article 6, Third Use of God's Law, like this. Here's how it starts. God's law is useful, one, because external discipline and decency are maintained against wild, disobedient people, first use. Two, likewise through the law, people are brought to the knowledge of their sins. Three, when people have been born anew by God's Spirit, converted to the Lord, and Moses' veil has been lifted from them, they live and walk in the law. A disagreement has been uh, arisen between the theologians about the third and final use of the law, etc. Now, so third use is what we call a guide, which basically means this. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you get to be a mystic. (laughs) 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 So that somehow God's voice on the inside of you is telling you what's right and wrong. No, God still tells you what you ought to do uh, through his external word, externum verbum. We still need the law. For direction. And uh, remember the Christian has two wills. The will that delights in God's law, that's the will of the spirit. And then the will of the flesh, which hates God's law and everything else good, uh, which is always sinning. So it needs the discipline of the law. So that's third use of the law. So third use basically says, hey, the Christian has two wills, so God's law still is doing its work. And doing two different things based on the fact that you're both spirit and flesh. According to your flesh, it kills you. According to the spirit, it it it's your delight. So uh, now, the, how this game works is you're going to read a, a portion of a sermon, and then I'm going to try and guess which use. Uh, which use of the law it is. Yes, okay. because uh, always the, the, in preaching, people talk about how we got to preach third use of the law. Got to preach third use. Got to preach third use. I'm kind of so, – so we're going to see how that works out. That, that's All right. The, that's the game. Here I go. All right. Lumpy handed me here a copy of uh, Concordia Pulpit Resources. Beautiful. Oh, CPH. It's published by CPH. Love CPH. And edited by uh, our friend uh, Dr. Perkinshire. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Jesus made clear to his disciples they were to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. They were to stay in Jerusalem till they received the promised Holy Spirit. Then, endued with power, they would preach Jesus to the Jews and also to the Gentiles uh, in the whole world. Got it? Is that it? That's it. Is there a law in there? For heaven's sakes. Don't <laughs> don't make me come over there and slap you with my pipe. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, which use of the law? Um, yeah. I really didn't hear the law, though. <laughs> Say it again. Go preach. That's it. Go oh, preach. Oh, go preach. Go preach. All right. Uh, so, is this first use, <laughs> second use, or third use? Is this curb, mere... Or guide. Um, I think this one uh, is going to be all three. Yeah, that's right. Your lazy flesh, which doesn't <laughs> want to do it, is going to be uh, uh, is going to be restrained. Your sin is going to be shown because you don't do what you ought to, and also it's going to be a delight for your new man. All right, here's another example. Okay. Right about here. 
God's anger is coming on all who disobey his commandments. Therefore, we should fear him. Jesus says, whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him, John 3. St. Paul exhorts the Colossians, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming, Colossians 3. The increasing wickedness of the world, for example, the push to legitimize same-sex marriage, the murder of the unborn, incurs God's wrath. Finally, God's wrath will be revealed on the last day, Revelation 14, Revelation 19. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a wrathful God. Okay, that one is definitely second use because uh, this just clear as day showing me my sin. Um, though it is also then curbing society because, uh, you know, all those things keep society in order. Um, and I suppose all those things are also uh, guiding my my new man. So I'm going to say all three. Yeah, that's right. All three uses. Very nice. Very good. On the card. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's another one. Wait, 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 wait. Table tag radio points. You need to start giving oh, okay. me table tag radio points. Sorry. Let's see. Table tag radio points. You get one for each use of the law. So that brings you a total of six. All right. Is your middle name, is your middle initial, uh, what's your middle name? Kurt? Because then you could, your initials could be EKG. <laughs> no, it's George. It stands for Echo. Oh, really? No, Egg? No, no. Mm, that'd be kind of cool. What is your middle name? Maybe I don't want to say on the radio. Maybe, maybe Krusty? I'm, maybe I'm a... <laughs> Lizard Chunks? Is that your name? It's got to be better than that. You got it. All right, here's a third example. Here's a third preaching example. Ready? Ready. Uh, and work among us the devil and his angels do, for they know what, that they will be eternally judged on the day of judgment, which is right around the corner. They're working even among us, whose victory is certain, who know the incarnation of Jesus, his perfect life lived for us, his suffering and death and resurrection, his ascension, and his session at the right hand of the Father. Among us they strive to destroy, if it were possible, our salvation. Hmm. Now this is a tricky one, um, but because I get through, I, because I get a point for each use, I'm going to say this is all three. Okay. Why? <laughs> because I get a point for each one. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anything in the text that would indicate that? Oh, oh. Um, uh, well, here again, uh, we have uh, this this wrath, which is which points to the the uh, the second use that that I am guilty of 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 uh, of sin. Um, though this still it it, it uh, curbs curbs society and at the same time uh, guides me as a Christian of how to live. So um, again, I have to say this one is all three. Yep, you're right. All three, all right here. Huh? Three points. Bring it okay. Let, can you can you do an example where it's not all three then? Um, in <laughs> fact, no. Is that the point uh, of the game we're playing? <laughs> it could possibly be. Uh, look, the law is it is the law. I mean, it, the, it, it will have um, uh, different uses as we hear it differently, but it is what it is. And to try to divvy this thing up and say, now I'm going to give you a little second use. <laughs> now I'm going to give you a little third use. Lex semper accusat. That's what the um, that's what the reformer said, which means the law always accuses. You cannot escape. The only way to escape the accusation of the law, by the way, is to die. Yeah. Uh, and then the law uh, will no longer accuse uh, see, because there will be no more sin. See, I, I used to, I mean, when I was uh, a seminarian and I was uh, learning how to preach, I used to do this. I, I would I would preach what I thought was hard second use of the law, and then at the end of the sermon I'd, I'd, sw- I'd just switch the, the tense and say it'd be like, uh, now that 
uh, we go do this, you know, we go proclaim Christ. We, so I thought, okay, now I'm giving him third use. But the reality of the fact was that people hearing it say, well, gosh, he says that Christians now go do this, and I don't do that. Therefore, I wonder if I'm not a Christian, or I wonder if mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is, so they were receiving it as second use, even though I was intending it as a third use. So the yep, point is sure. that in the preaching of the law, the Spirit chooses the use, and you just preach the law. That's right. Uh, so I came away with nine points of the game. We should play that more often. <laughs> okay, nine now, points. Uh, you need to describe this game, which petition? Oh, man, this is going to take a while. How much time do we have for the lady starts singing again? Two minutes. All right, so we have, uh, let's start this way. Okay, uh, first, we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer here. Uh, and and um, we learn from the Catechism that there's really three things that ought to occupy our, our attention. When we go to meditate on the Scriptures, they, they should center around three particular things. And when we read the Scriptures, we understand them through these three things. And they are the Ten Commandments, the Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. And we have our Creed game and our, uh, which article, and we have our, couple Ten Commandments game, which commandment in the news and etc. We, we don't have one with the oh, Lord's yeah. Prayer, uh, so we want to we want to we want to work on that a little bit. Uh, the Lord's Prayer. Now, here's the basic outline of the Lord's Prayer. First, there's an introduction and then there's a conclusion. So, our Father who art in heaven, introduction, and then the conclusion. Amen. Now, in between, there's seven petitions. The first three are what we call the Thy petitions. Uh, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So you have the three things that have to do with those things that belong to God, and we pray that they would be found among us. Then the last four petitions uh, are the us petitions, the our petitions, things that um, are here on earth. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation, and deliver us from evil. So, so those are the seven petitions of the Lord's Prayer. Now, one of the beautiful things about the Lord's Prayer is that before it's a prayer coming from our mouth to God, it is God's word coming from his mouth to us. After all, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. So before the Lord's Prayer is a prayer, it is first scripture or teaching or instruction for us. And here's what it's teaching us, and this is the point, uh, because I actually don't even know how this game is going to go. I just want to talk about the Lord's Prayer mostly. But here's the point is that the Lord's Prayer is teaching us what we need. It's teaching us what we lack. It's teaching us what we ought to desire. And then we have the marvelous comfort that that's precisely what God wants to give to us. He wants to, he, he is in the Lord's Prayer training us to desire from Him the very things that He wants to give. So, pause there, and then we'll come back to that and, uh, and work on some rules for this game, okay? Sounds good. So after this break, we're going to be playing uh, Which Petition of the Lord's Prayer, and you're listening to that only on Table Talk Radio. No other no other theological game show has this game, Which <laughs> Petition. We'll be right back, Table Talk Radio. No online petition necessary. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
second in manliness only to the God Whispers. This is Table Talk Radio. Wait, what are we second to the God Whispers? Manliness. <laughs> yeah, that bump didn't really help that. I like that rim shot, though. Uh, all right, so we're playing Witch Petition. Now, how does, how does this Can game work? Can you hear that, by now? the way? How does that sound? Um, sounds like you're hitting something against the microphone, actually. Um, let's see. The, so, now we have the right... Oh, oh yes. I was talking to our friend Dr. Kleinig a few months back, and he was telling me that Luther is very interested not only in a rightly ordered mind, but in rightly ordered desires, that our desires are rightly ordered. Now, th- now let that kind of settle in for a little bit, because here's the, here's the thing. You know how we talk about the conscience sometimes? How we got the conscience, and it, it's like a radar for sin, you know? It sweeps around your life, and then... Oh, there's a sin over there. Boop, boop, boop. Here's a sin. It's like, you know, uh, we got incoming sin on the Sixth Commandment, and we're going to have four (laughs) inches of snow on the Fifth Commandment. It's like a radar sin. Mm -hmm. But, 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 the covetousness or wrongly ordered desires are the the most difficult sin for our conscience to pick up on. Remember how Paul says bomber? Yes. That's right. That was my line. Oh, was it? Dang it, sorry. Covetousness is the stealth bomber of sins. It flies under the radar. So Paul says, I would not have known covetousness unless the law said you shall not covet. See? So, but here's the problem with covetousness. It's just, so it sneaks in, but it is then the source of every sin. So, that it's, so you know, we always say if you break any of them, you've broken the ninth or the first commandment. But it's true the other way, too. If you break any of the commandments, it means you've broken the ninth or the tenth commandment. That's where it starts. So where do wars and factions and fighting come from? From your desires, says James. That's James 4, 1. The, 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 the other verse was Romans 7, 7. Uh, I would not have known covetousness unless the Lord said, uh, you shall not covet. So, so covetousness sneaks in, and then, and then now we start to desire all those other things. I, got, I, I desire my, uh, my neighbor's reputation. I break the Eighth Commandment. I desire my neighbor's stuff. I break the Seventh Commandment. I desire my neighbor's spouse. I break the Sixth Commandment. I, I desire my, uh, uh, my neighbor's happiness or whatever. I break the Fifth Commandment. I start to break all these commandments because now my desires are out of order. So in the Lord's Prayer, ready? In the Lord's Prayer, the Lord is teaching us those things that we ought to desire. Now, we have a built-in desire mechanism already uh, in our bodies, which is called the stomach. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it helps us with the fourth petition. Uh, Give us this day our daily bread. So you skip breakfast and you have a late lunch and your body says, hey, uh, (laughs) <laughs> you ought to want food. So we have a built-in desire mechanism for the fourth petition. And, and But here's the problem then. If we were just to go and pray uh, based on our own desires, we would only ever pray the fourth petition. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us health. Give us you know good weather. All these other things. Help people that are suffering. That's what we'd pray. But the Lord's Prayer is teaching us to expand our desires so we're learning to want even more things. We don't have a stomach that starts to growl when we hear false teaching. Then we need to hear more true teaching. But that's what the the, the first hallowed be thy name. We desire God's word, his spirit, his, his true doctrine. We desire that false teachers would come to nothing, that his word would have its way among us. Thy kingdom come is the same thing. The Holy Spirit would come and would teach us the Lord's word. Uh, Thy will be done, that the will of the devil and the world and our own sinful flesh would come to nothing. 
See, we don't have a stomach that growls for these sorts of things, which is why in the Lord's Prayer, the Lord is teaching us to want those things. These are the things you want. And oh, yeah, they're also the things that I want to give. Uh, forgive us our sins. And also in the fifth petition, uh, we the Lord is teaching us to desire uh, uh, neighbors who sin against us that we can forgive and show mercy to. That's crazy. Hmm. Uh, lead us into temptation so that we would desire not to sin, but we would desire to, to not sin, to not have temptation. See that? Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, um, deliver us from evil that we would desire the Lord's deliverance, that we would long for heaven, that we would want his His presence and his good gifts. See that? So in the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus is teaching, he's, he's ordering rightly those things in this life that we ought to want. Yeah, that's good. You're, you're with me? Yeah. And so it's undoing covetousness. <laughs> yeah, so so the, the stealth bomber of, of covetousness comes in, and and like you said, you don't, uh, you, your radar doesn't pick up on it, and then it just drops this bomb, right? And and you find yourself, uh, you know, coveting all over the place, which leads then to those other sins. So that, uh, you know, you 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 covet your neighbors, uh, your neighbors, your spouse, and then you in in the flesh you actually commit that sin. Um, yeah, that's right. And you start to now. There's ways that that starts to happen. So it kind of starts happening in, incrementally, so that you have you have first covetousness, and you're and it's there, but it, you don't sense it in your conscience. So it starts to fester now, and now your conscience gets a little bit numb, and covetousness yeah. starts to manifest. So so for example, with the sixth commandment, uh, it starts it, it's lust, and then you start to now. Uh, there, there, it starts to kind of expand its territory, and now you're doing things that maybe your conscience would have been sensitive to before, but it's missing, you know, mm. looking at something you shouldn't, reading something you shouldn't, uh, telling jokes that you shouldn't, etc. And, and uh, it's not a big deal, you know, everybody does it. And then it's, it just slowly begins to expand. So what we're, what we're actually after with the Lord's Prayer is two things. One, is, uh, insofar as the Lord is teaching us these things, is that we we are trying to trying to fine tune our conscience, see, mm-hmm. so that we're even able now to detect covetousness. Mm. Oh, I want the wrong thing, and we can repent of that. It seems silly, right? I mean, we, we you know, like uh, we're like, kind of like uh, remember John Stoppard saying, "Oh, Luther, go think of a real sin to commit." But we want to we want to have our conscience tuned very finely to even the to sin of covetousness, so we can start to recognize these things and pull out the splinter before it begins to fester. And then in the Lord's Prayer, we're uh, like Luther says, we're, we're opening our our coats, our, we're pulling open our cloaks so that the Lord could fill us with these gifts. Or like the psalm says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. So that the Christian is not someone who lacks desire. The Christian is someone who is ha, has more desire than than the normal person because we've, we desire not only daily bread, but we're des, we desire the kingdom of God itself. We desire God's name and his word and his deliverance and his and his comfort and his forgiveness and, and his son on the cross dead for us. We desire all of these things. We desire not just the riches of this earth, but in fact the riches of the kingdom of heaven. So we have the, so the Christian is being taught to expand the things that they desire and pray for, which so so that it's not that our problem is that we desire, but that we desire the wrong stuff. Mm-hmm. This is really now we got to go back and read the large catechism where Luther's talking about the Lord's prayer uh, because he because uh, he connects the Ten Commandments, he connects the Ten Commandments and the Creed. Um, to the Lord's Prayer. Ready? He says, uh, this is how he starts. About two We've and a half heard minutes now here. What, 
Oh, we're okay. We've heard now what we must do and believe, and what things the best and happiest life consists. Now follows the third part: how we ought to pray. For we're in a situation where no person can perfectly keep the Ten Commandments, even though he's begun to believe. The devil is there with all his power, together with the world and our own flesh resisting our efforts. Nothing is more necessary than we should continually turn towards God, towards his ear, call upon him, pray to him, that he would give, preserve, increase in faith and the fulfillment of the Ten Commandments, that he should remove everything that opposes us, etc. So this is, I mean, this is really quite fantastic. Okay, so... um, so let's play this game. I'll tell you what uh, what we ought to desire, and then you tell me what petition that it comes from. Okay. How about that? Got it. I really want to take a nap. <laughs> I think that'll be that? uh, fourth petition. So yeah, because yeah, uh, taking a nap deals with the needs of the body. Okay. Good. Okay. I um, my conscience is terribly terribly burdened with my sin. I want uh, relief and comfort. Now, this could be multiple petitions, huh? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, this would be fifth commandment and also first, second, and third command. Or, or sorry, not commandments, petitions. Petitions. Right. Um, uh, so, fifth petition, also first, second, and third. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, th- so, fifth petition, forgive us our trespasses. First, second, third, because God's word, especially his word of gospel, comes forth to give us that comfort. Which is his um, will and his kingdom. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Heavenly Father, I'm tired of I'm I'm worn out by this sinful life. Um, if your if it is your will, um, uh, grant me a blessed death. Um, I would say this is again um, six and seven, and also one, two, and three. Yeah, um, deliver us from evil. So take us from this veil of tears. And delivering uh, us from temptation in in this moment as well. Mm-hmm, that's right. So we have now we have, by the way, uh, people always ask me when they're very sick, Pastor, can I pray that the Lord would take me to heaven? And and my answer is, in fact, when you pray the Lord's prayer, every time you ever prayed the Lord's prayer, that's what you were praying: mm. deliver us from evil. Right. Okay. Uh, Lord, let me hear your word rightly. Um, this would be the. <laughs> First petition, Uh-oh. especially. Yep. Um, and also fifth petition. This is almost all of them. Yeah, I um, think that's right. Would you would you bar the especially fourth? Especially the first and second. Especially first and second. All right. Well, that. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> where the where the points are like the gifts we bring to God in the divine service. <laughs> ah, that's a buzzword right there, baby. Did you get it? It didn't count because it's after the theme music started. Divine service. sola That's one eight hundred three eight five S O L A. Or send us an email. Questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website tabletalkradio.org Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio